Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I did it with Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Bleed Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Chris is around the corner. Get some extra gifts with some extra money by using our promo code Bleav, B-L-E-A-V. It'll match your initial deposit up to 50%. Bet with us on BetOnline.ag. And of course, BetterHelp.com slash Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. 10% off your first month of the online therapy. Seasonal depression is real. People are missing their loved ones during this time. Take care of your mental health. Go to betterhelp.com slash Eagles for 10% off your first month. Co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Kraz, as always. Ed, that loss against the 49ers was so deflating. 42 to 19. That was an absolute deflating loss. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, lose against the Jets. Because that was a game of just shooting yourself with a foot, multiple turnovers. Uh, you could see that there that was an easy game to flush down the toilet and move on to the next week because you killed yourself that game. This one hurts a lot, and I feel like it hurts because that was your competition right there. That's who's stopping you from going back to the Super Bowl, is the San Francisco 49ers. That's a team you're going to see at the end of the year if you want to make it back to the Super Bowl. And they laid you down like dogs. It just absolutely obliterated you guys. I mean, in, in your home home stadium, it looks like, I mean, it looks like one team is just way more prepared than the other team. Uh, and that was a little, you know, deflating for me as a fan. That was deflating for, uh, I mean, even as a, as a writer, I would imagine, because you you had the Eagles up on this high horse. I know they weren't perfect. They were making mistakes. It wasn't a complete game for them most of the year, but they were still finding ways to win. And they looked like a 10-1 and team, in my opinion. I know that all everything out there is like, well, you know, they've been, they haven't been able to play a complete game. They don't look like a 10-1 team, but I thought they were. You know, 10-1 teams find ways to win no matter what. That's what this Eagles team was doing. But that game against the 49ers, they did not look like a 10-1 team at all. They looked like a team that was way inferior to their opponent. Uh, I just want to get your take on that game, and what do you think around the locker room this week since you've been around it? Do you think this really is a sense of urgency? There's a sense of change, and everybody's starting to wake up and realize we got to start playing football now? Yeah, I I don't know if it's so much that as it is that, you know, listen, every team has a bad game during the course of a season, you know, and maybe they think, hey, that was our really bad game and, and we got whipped, you know. Uh, I think, and not to make excuses, but, you know, this game came on the heels of, you know, two pretty big emotional wins that the Eagles really had to come back and dig deep to win, you know, starting in Kansas City, uh, and then, of course, in overtime against the Bills, having to come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. So, you know, it, it, there's only so much, many games you can get that intensity level ramped up. And, you know, I think those games took a lot out of Philadelphia. I really do. Emotionally, physically, um, the Niners came in here on 10 days rest. Um, the Eagles did an uncharacteristically poor job of tackling. Uh, you know, they're turning these short throws into big gains, two long touchdowns from Debo Samuel. 
Um, you know, I just think they kind of look like a shot fighter in this game, you know, a, a fighter that's uh, been knocked down too many times. And, you know, a lot of the same trends that we saw when they were pulling games out kind of reared its head again and they couldn't come back from them. You know, the trailing at halftime, five straight games now they've been behind at halftime and they've come back to win four of them. That that takes a lot out of you. They've been outgained. Uh, the defense is playing a lot of snaps uh, 95 against Buffalo, I think 75 against Kansas City. I mean, they're playing a large number. I don't know, it wasn't 75 again, I think it was 59. It was 75 against the Cowboys, but you know, they're, they're playing a lot of snaps. So the offense needs to be better starting games, they need to get a lead. And you know, I think that's kind of what it's teaching them. They need to be better on third down. I mean, listen, a lot of the same stuff that's been bothering them all year third downs, they, they can't get off the field on third down. They're near the bottom of the league in red zone defense. Um, you know, they need to find ways to correct these things. And if they don't, then, you know, they're going to have a hard time getting where they want to go. And that's back to the Super Bowl. But I think this game was a, a not really so much a wake-up call as it was that this was a team that just probably had been down, you know, in the well too too often in the recent weeks. And they couldn't climb their way out of it. And uh you know, if anything, it should show them they need to fa start faster and they need to, uh, you know, somehow find a way to control the ball a little bit more so the defense isn't on the field for 80-plus snaps. Sunday will make it three games in 13 days for the Eagles. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. And one one of those games had an extra quarter in it. Right. So, yeah, that 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 wears you down. And especially the way they were able to overcome two of the, and, and win two of those games and you know, we talked about this gauntlet of a schedule, and it certainly is. And it's there's no, you know, they're kind of at the tail end of it now. Dallas and then Seattle, which is, you know, they're six and six, I think. Um, but tough place to play in Seattle. Far way to go. A long plane ride out to the Pacific Northwest. So, um, you know, they have to find a way to win one of these two games. And then you hope that these final three games are sort of layups. Um with the two against the Giants and the one against the Cardinals. But if you're going to win one, this one on Sunday is probably the one you want to win out of the two, the next two games. Oh, absolutely. And you want to keep the the pace up with the, you know, keep Dallas behind you instead of uh, next to you in this division race and this seating race as well. Uh, I, I but will I, say, you know, Dallas has a much tougher schedule yeah. coming up, you know, after the Eagles, they have to go to Buffalo and then they have to go to Miami and then they come home to host the lions. So, you know, a loss would put them on even footing. The Eagles, I think, would hold the tiebreaker by their uh, edge and uh, uh, an NFC record, I think, would give them the tiebreaker. They'd both be 10 and three. But, you know, are the Cowboys going to win out? You know, that's a pretty tough schedule to win out on. If if they do, then kudos to them. Um, so, yeah, if they lose, yeah, it'll be disturbing. They don't lose two games in a row very often. In fact, they haven't done it with Hurts at quarterback since the 2021 season. Um, and, you know, the sky would be falling. The sky's already falling, you know, after the way they lost. But, listen, a one-game blowout loss after what they had been through, you know, you have to kind of look at it that way as well. It's tough. 49ers came off a 10-day's rest, and so is Dallas this uh, this Sunday. They're coming off a 10-day's rest as well. So, I mean, it's it's tough assignment that the Eagles are up against, and I – I'm glad you said that because, you know, this whole entire couple of days after the 49ers loss, I was just completely deflated about that game. Uh, but I'm glad that you have, you know, pointed that out because I've also thought that the back of my mind, too, is like, I don't think this team's going to be playing like that in 
in January, though. They're not going to let the 49ers beat them like that in January. I mean, they played 95 snaps on defense against the Bills. They had a really hard game against the Chiefs up in Arrowhead. Uh, I'm not really that surprised they were that tired. And look, and look the way that they did, you know. So kudos to the 49ers for taking advantage. They did. Uh, and they really wanted that game way more than the Eagles did. Let's just be honest. They they clearly wanted some kind of revenge to show them like, hey, it's, this game would have been different last year in the NFC Championship game if Brock didn't leave so early. But I don't think that's an indicator for the rest of the year. I think that was just the Eagles saying, okay, we got to take them, you know, they're going to play like that. We're going to have to wake up and punch harder. So, you know, we're going to hopefully win against Dallas. Though, man. I, I can't see them wanting to. It would be a very, I know you're right. Because you're right, Dallas has a tougher schedule ahead. But, you know, the Eagles aren't that successful when they go to Seattle. It doesn't really typically happen for them. They usually lose when they go to Seattle. That's not going to be as uh, easy game as everybody, you know. I know Dallas, I mean, I see out of 6-6 and six and their defense is not what it used to be. And neither is their offense, to be quite frank with you. But, I mean, it's still Seattle. It's still a hard place to play. It's going to be tough. But you're right, the, the Cowboys have a tougher schedule going out. So it's not the end of the world, but uh, losing in Dallas where the Eagles typically lose it would be tough after that 49ers loss. It would be tough to take on because both those teams are now primed to you. I, I think the Eagles need the number one seed. I think they need the postseason to run through Philadelphia in order to be that that dominant football team that they usually are in January. So these, this game is important, in my opinion, and I think they do need to win it. Yeah, I think the number one seed also gives you the week off, which isn't valuable, you know, after you've played all these games, especially this gauntlet late in the season. I do have those three games, like I said, at the end of the year that aren't as challenging, uh, but you still got to go out and you got to play them. So I think that week off is probably the most important thing about getting this uh, number one seed. But, you know, listen, you say Seattle's not a tough place to play, or it is a tough place to play. I should say the Eagles haven't beaten Seattle since 08. They're the only team in the league. Jason Kelsey hasn't beaten, but Dallas is a tough place to play too. The Eagles haven't won there since the Super Bowl year, 2017. They haven't swept the Cowboys since 2011 in the regular season. So, you know, these are a lot of, you know, trends that you don't like to you know see going in. And then you throw that on top of the fact that the Cowboys have won 14 straight games at home. They've won four in a row. Uh, it's going to be a really, really tough game for the Eagles. And they have to go down there and expect to fight, expect to persevere, especially early. And they try to have to get the early lead, take the crowd out of out of it a little bit, and they have to play probably the best game that they're going to be playing all year. And I think it's doable, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, it's not going to be easy. You know what it is easy for the Eagles, though? The head referee, John Hussey, that's the referee for this game against the Eagles versus the Cowboys. The Eagles are 7-0 in his games. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, there you they go. Alex Kemp was a disturbing trend with the 49ers, right? And it happened. Yeah. Got him. I mean, that, that game was was actually pretty referee pretty well. I thought yeah, there were some didn't... PIs that, that were missed, but I mean, I, all in all, that, that, the refs weren't the deciding factor no. in that game, so no. I don't have to complain about them this week. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, you, you it, listen, there were some calls you could have called either way against either team, and you know, they didn't. And, you know, I, I don't think the officiating made the difference at all. I just think the Eagles just played a poor game. They gave up, I think, a little bit. Couldn't tackle anybody. I mean, this the, the 49ers scored touchdowns after being held to three and outs the first two drives. They scored the touchdowns on their next six series. I mean, that's that's just bad football. And let me let me tell you, I'm I'm you know, I know we've given Sean Desai a lot of credit here. 
you know, being able to adjust. And I, and I like what I've seen from Desai and I don't want to be the guy that overreacts after one loss, but you know, there's some bad trends on this defense. The past defense, you know, is, is a pretty veteran group now and they're still 29th in the league. They're giving up 270 ish yards in the air. That that's bad. You know, the third down defense can't get off the field. That That's not good. And then the red zone defense isn't good. I mean, these are the kinds of things that get, you know, coaches fired. And I'm not going there with Desai. Like I said, I think he does an adequate job. But, you know, things have to change. And the Eagles have to finish this season, I think, with, you know, four wins in their final five games, um, you know, if they want to get to the, to the Super Bowl and, you know, they want to save guys' jobs. You know, I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, how much the Eagles are missing C.J. Garner-Johnson, but they didn't miss him during the games that he was out being injured. No offense to him. He was a great player for the Eagles last year, but they still were great pass defense even when he was out. The The major difference here is Jonathan Gannon's not here anymore and Sean Desai's scheme now. And I, uh, again, it's still, you know, it comes from that Vic Vanjo tree, but you're right. The adjustments weren't there against the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan took him to the woodshed. Just completely took him to the woodshed. It was it was disturbing. And again, I I took the I took the road of not blaming Desai as much and and looking at the personnel and saying, yeah, I mean these offenses that are so dynamic that have brilliant play callers are going to take advantage of such a weak inferior linebacking corpse. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin Byard's just been a guy. And he's already against the Chiefs with Kelsey, but he's just been a guy so far during that trade. He's been like the not the Robert Quinn to the world because Robert Quinn's going to get on the on the field. But he's reaching Golden Tate territory. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It, it just hasn't been working out so far. I mean, you really want it to work out. He's he's a very great player. He has a strong resume. But, I mean, so far, he's just been a guy for them. And that's really what's been hurting them, too, is there hasn't been an upgrade from Terrell Edmonds to Kevin Bayard. It's been the same. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen anything noticeably greater about Bayard than I saw with Edmonds in there. But, um, you know, uh it's really fascinating that they haven't been able to do better as a pass defense. I mean, Roby, he's a veteran, Bayard, Slay, Bradbury. I mean, these guys have been through many NFL battles. And, you know, I don't know whether they're just getting old and tired. I know Slay last year around this time said it's a really long season. Hasn't practiced the last two days, Slay. Uh, you know, the, the injury report says rest and knee. So, uh, I, you know, I saw him in the locker room today, Thursday, and I asked him, I said, uh, hey, are you playing Sunday? And he said, oh, we'll see. We'll see. He goes, still have a few more uh, kinks to work out. or so. I think it was kinks was the word he used, but he said, we'll see. So, you know, if he can't go, I mean, my goodness, you're going to have uh, you're going to have a really tough matchup on your hands here with C.D. Lamb lining him up, him up wherever he lines up. And I would think Eli Ricks is probably going to play the outside if Slade can't play. And, you know, that's going to be tough, you know, tough duty uh, for someone who did not look real good against the 49ers. He only played five snaps and each one looked worse than the one before it. So, you know, Eli Ricks really struggled. And, um, you know, so you hope Slade can play. Otherwise, that's going to be, uh, you know, like I said, tough duty for probably Ricks filling in. Yeah, because the one way to beat Dallas this year is to take CD Lamb out of the game. If you take CD Lamb out of the game, these other guys they have aren't going to beat you. But the Eagles yeah. can't. They don't, they know. they can't though. That's the problem, man. Even if they have Slay out there, they already showed they can't stop CD Lamb. It's yeah, a, it's it's a very tough task. Well, I'm I'm kind of hoping that Shaq Leonard is able to give them some significant snaps. It's kind of exciting to see. I know. Listen, you don't know what you're going to get with Leonard. You know, signed him earlier in the week, and the Colts cut him for a reason. 
uh, talking to him was kind of fascinating when he talked about his back surgeries that, you know, his second one was last November, like a year ago, and he couldn't run for six months. So he only started running in May. And, you know, here he was in September and August for the Colts playing football um, with two back surgeries. I mean, that to me is fascinating. So he's still trying to get, I guess, you know, his, his legs back, if you will. And, uh, you know, still trying to learn how to play differently, perhaps with two back surgeries. Um, but it's kind of exciting when you think that when you look at his body type, it's very similar to Zach Cunningham, uh, very long, very lean, very lanky. And, you know, I can't help but think that's going to create some, you know, issues for other teams trying to pass over the middle, which un until, you know, really has been kind of easy to do all season long. So Jake Ferguson, the tight end for Dallas, had a pretty nice game the first time around. Uh, so you hope that maybe this time around, uh, if Leonard can play a significant number of snaps that the length of him and Cunningham together might make it a little more difficult to kind of exploit the middle of the field uh, where Jake Ferguson likes to live. I was going to bring it up right now and just let into it. Well, so you, your impressions of Shaq Leonard are obviously, you know, of that of optimism. Uh, you liked what you heard. Do you think based on what you heard, based on, this week so far, the vibes that you got today while you were in the locker room. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Ed. I think you could be an upgraded linebacker for the Eagles, to be honest, <laughs> at this point anyways. But do you think that this is going to be this? The one thing that makes me not optimistic, that makes me frightened, that makes me uh, about all these moves is that when you have to make moves, pivotal moves like this for starters at this point in the season, you're screwed. You were screwed. So that's yeah. what makes me... And then again, the injuries with him are just so damning. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I understand why the Colts released them. They have, they have guys there now that they don't want to take off the field for Shaq Leonard. They're paying Shaq yeah. Leonard a lot of money. Sarah Franklin, I'd kill for him in Philadelphia. He's a great player. They have yeah. other linebackers there too, as well. So, I mean, they didn't want to pay Shaq Leonard his money anymore. And they have guys already that they replaced him with. So the releasing him made sense on their part. And the Eagles have no choice. They had no choice in the matter to make this move. But, yeah, I I kind of compare it to like, you know, an end of season or midseason yard sale, you know, where you if you're the Eagles, you know what they say about yard sales, one man's junk is another man's treasure. You know, so you're hoping that that's Shaq Leonard, right? You're hoping that the Colts is junk. And, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, just right. to make the analogy with the yard sale is going to be a treasure for the Eagles. And I don't know. I mean, I watched practice today. Practice was indoors. You know, they had some bad weather here you know, a little snow in the morning and rain. Um, but, you know, you, he didn't look like he was really – I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know how quickly he's going to be able to pick this thing up, this defense. I mean, we'll see. They were really working with him, uh, you know, uh, linebackers coach and, you know, some of the other guys like Morrow and Cunningham. They were really working, and you could see them kind of pointing where he needs to be and lining up and – you know, it's Thursday, you know, they got to play in 72 hours and you hope that, you know, by then he'll be able to figure it out. And I think he will. He's a smart guy. He's played a lot, but you know, he, to me, he's still kind of a work in progress inside this, this decide defense. I don't think he's going to play. I think he's going to play, but I don't think he's going to play much. I think it's still going to be Morrow and Cunningham. Yeah. I, I would probably agree with you. Uh, I, you know, when the Kobe Dean, when, you know, and listen, that's a shame that they, they couldn't get anything from the Kobe this year. His season's probably over. He played five games, you know, obviously the Eagles were counting the heavily. The season on. is over. I'm going to tell you why the season's over. 
Sirianni had 17 on his hat. There you go. Yeah, okay. He puts the numbers on his visor. He's out for the year. Yeah, that's true. Right next to the Italian flag, huh? He's got the number 17. Right next to 29. Yeah, yeah. Maddox. Yeah, and, you know, listeners talk Maddox. Maybe he can come back, (laughs) you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I know. And he's going to have to be a free agent this year and find a new home. Don't do that to him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, uh, that's the shame of it. Dean's season is is over. And, um, you know, they were counting heavily on him. Uh, So, you know, I don't know what the answer is going to be. It'll probably be Morrow and Cunningham. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Dean, when he came back, he kind of only played like 20 snaps. Okay. He was used in a rotation. You know, Morrow or Cunningham still played them all. And I suspect that's kind of going to be the way it is. is I think Leonard will probably pay, play maybe 20 to 25 snaps. Yeah. And, and Morrow and Cunningham will get the lion's share of snaps, but they'll work Leonard in in situations where they think he can help and won't get exposed too much. Um, and then keeping in mind that this guy, you know, his back, back surgeries, man, I never had him. My son had him. Um, and, and, you know, they take a while to come back from, and I'm shocked that he's, he's an NFL player after two back surgeries. I mean, that to me is, uh, you know, remarkable. Um, and it speaks a lot to the type of player and person Shaq Leonard is that is he wants to play and, uh, he's doing everything he can, uh, to play and we'll see how often he gets on the field Sunday night. I know his comfortability, uh, his comfort level with Nick was the reason why he chose the Eagles, yeah. but he also... I mean, at the end of the day, he wants to win, and he clearly thought the situation here was better than the situation in Dallas, regardless of his comfort level with Nick Sirianni. Because if I'm looking at teams, my comfort level with the person doesn't really matter. I'm looking to see who who's the best winner is, and that's why he took so long to make his decision, or else he would have signed with the Eagles immediately. His comfort level, Nick Sirianni was always there. I'm surprised uh, he didn't change his mind after watching what happened Sunday. Ah. <laughs> uh... I think Dallas's young linebackers that they have right now are actually pretty good. I was surprised they're actually as interested as they were in Shaq Leonard. I would rather be in their situation than what the Eagles are right now, truthful, mm-hmm. with their linebacker situation. Um, I think if I were him, I'm looking at the opportunity and thinking to myself, if I prove myself here, if I at least look good in some games or in some snaps, I can get a long-term opportunity here. I don't know if I would think that in Dallas. I think that went into it too as well. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, come on, man. Dallas got destroyed by San Francisco, too. I mean, I, I I at least seen the Eagles be able to take down San Francisco before. I haven't seen Dallas do that. So hopefully he didn't. Hopefully one game didn't impact his decision that much. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, I would say. I'm just looking up Roby. Did Roby play? Um, he did. He played the whole first Dallas. half. Did he oh, against he... Dallas. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think he did. No, he was still uh, injured. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. So, you know, hopefully like CD went crazy against the Eagles in the first meeting. Um, you know, hopefully Roby can, you know, help keep him a little bit in check. Um, let me see here. Yeah. Roby. Uh, yeah. Roby that's, did not play. That's yeah. what I was saying about. Um, that was the one thing I like about Bradley Roby so far. And I said this on uh, Twitter as well, is that he's not perfect. And he, no, I'm not gonna lie to you. Nobody in the secondary is ever gonna be perfect since none of these guys get on the same page. Uh, but he knows where to be, whereas Eli Ricks never knows where to be. It seems like that's an experience there. That's something I. That's I'm he's never played this. He never yeah. played the slot before. Yeah. No, no, nothing wrong. Nothing, nothing wrong to Eli Ricks. That's that's inexperience. That's nothing. I'm not. I like again. He, 
A lot of people are harping on his mistakes, his miscues, what's going on. But the fact that the Eagles trust a young player in the secondary this much to play that much and are letting him learn on the fly, it's going to help him long term. And that's what they're thinking there is the long term because James Bradbury and Darius Slayer are not going to be here much longer. So I, I, I do like Uri Licks. But my, my point was there is Bradley Roby's a veteran and knows where to be. And yeah. it, it looks like these guys have unison when Roby's on the field for the most part. Yeah. It's not getting much better there. They're not. They're not. So, what's your prediction for this game? Uh well, geez, I, I I picked against the Eagles the last three weeks, so I'm one and two, right? I picked the 49ers, I picked the Bills, and I picked the Chiefs. So, I'm I'm really tempted to take the Eagles here. I really, it's not very often that we see the Eagles play two really bad games in a row, um, and. I, you know, I know it's been 12 years, I guess, since they've swept the Cowboys in the regular season. And I know the Cowboys have won 14 in a row at home and four in a row and they're 10 days rest. But there's just something in my gut telling me the Eagles are going to play well and the Eagles are going to find a way to win this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts did not play a good game at all either against the 49ers. He he looked hesitant to pull. Could have went back in there either. I don't know what that was about. It, it, I, I mean, it just it, he just looked hesitant to pull the trigger. There were a couple times that if he would have thrown the ball sooner, I think he had players open like AJ Brown. I think he probably could have had a touchdown pass to AJ Brown on the uh, on that first drive where they had to settle for field goals, but he just waited too long. Um, so that said, I think in my gut, I think the Eagles are going to play, you know, one of their best games of the year. Um, because I think they know they need to, and I think they were embarrassed. And there's a lot of veterans on this team. There's a lot of pride on this team. Uh, and, and I think they don't want to be embarrassed again. And I think they're going to play really well. And I think somehow they're going to find a way to win this game. Shock the world, if you will. I think the Eagles are better. Um, now they just have to go prove it. And it's not going to be easy. I mean, we could see another overtime game. I mean, I think that's kind of you know how close this game could be. Um, but I think the Eagles will, will find a way to do it and, and win the game. I don't know what the score will be. Um, I expect it would probably be pretty high scoring, upper 20s, lower 30s. I think, you know, you looked at what Dallas did their last time out. They hung 41 on the Seahawks, or, but they gave up 35 to the Seahawks. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's kind of the game, type of game we're probably looking at here. Dallas Goddard will never reach the Lane Johnson of if I'm out, you're losing the games over territory, but he's damn near in the middle of it. And I'm going to tell you why the Eagles successfully go out there and come back in games or dominate games when AJ Brown is force fed. And with Dallas Goddard being out and you and I talked about this too, prior to this, I mean, right when this injury happened is that teams are going to hone in on AJ Brown. And you're going to need Devontae Smith to step up. And Devontae has. Yeah. No doubt about it. We were right about that. That, that was 100% going to happen. But the Eagles will go as far this year as A.J. Brown will take them. And it's funny. You're supposed to say Jalen Hurts there. But I'm going to say A.J. Brown because I'm going to tell you why. When A.J. Brown is on another level of what he's been on that historic pace he was on, this team's unstoppable. Just You can't stop the Eagles then. I like how you and I haven't even – touched on the fact of, uh, about running the ball the whole yeah. mantra of the of the of this week so far is eagles fans wanting wanting them to run the ball more and some beat writers are going out there saying i don't know why you're saying this they should pass they should keep doing what they're doing they had Devontae smith and aj brown it's, it's a lot of disconnected teams but 
when you have a top three wide receiver, a wide receiver having a top three season, you don't you don't stop that. You don't you know light the gas off on that, and that's what's been happening these last couple of games. And the reason why is because I know you're right. There's times where AJ Brown's been open against that 49ers game, and and to be honest with you, every time Jalen got him the ball, he got the best of Trinidad's Ward. And it's funny, he made this post on Instagram and he always speaks through he speaks through his social media posts. He'll never tell you exactly how he feels in these press conferences or these interviews with you guys. He'll he'll keep it cordial business like AJ Brown? Yeah. Oh, he's terrific off the record. I mean, I can't tell you what he tells us off the record, but he's great to talk to uh when the cameras aren't there, when the tape recorders aren't rolling. I mean, I you know, he said he says some very insightful things um but anyway yeah go ahead i didn't mean to cut in on your point but yeah he does talk off the record damn ed <laughs> you guys are lucky yeah he talks to well i mean if the fans can pick up his social media posts he talks to them too he posted he posted a photo saying uh something about when somebody's on me just know i'm open like he's talking to Jalen. like it's just yeah just throw me the ball so uh, when you're having a wide receiver that's having that type of season and it starts to slow down and things like are starting to trickle on offense because they are, they're, they're, they're starting to deteriorate a little bit. I don't care how much you put the points you put against the bills. I'm telling you right now, if they were able to get successfully utilize AJ these last couple of games, I don't think we're having these conversations. So I'm going to say, yeah, they're Go going ahead. against, they're going to go against Dallas. Stefan Gilmore at this point in his career is not going to handle AJ Brown. Deron Bland Looks like he's going to cover Devontae Smith most of the game. And when he does, I mean, Devontae's been doing just fine against them. So, but this is the game where Dallas Goddard's back. The tension's going to be less off of AJ Brown. And that's going to be so huge for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to get in a rhythm and get comfortable. Yeah. So that's why I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to yeah. win because Goddard's back. The attention is going to be less on AJ Brown that it's been these last couple of games. They're going to be able to force feed him again. Like they've been doing the uh, that's pretty much the story this year is force feed number 11 and it works when it when you know he's not the main focus of each defense. So that's what's going to happen against Sunday. And I think he's going to win because of that. I think the Eagles are going to win. I, I really do. But I think I'm with Ed. I think it's going to be an overtime game. I think it's going to go down to the wire because Dallas is going to want this game bad. They're in they're in Dallas. They have a chance yeah. to make their names known in the NFC East. Right. By winning the division. They have a chance to set themselves up in the good well in the city as well. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough game, but I think it's going to go to overtime. I think the Eagles are going to win because I don't think Dallas is going to be able to stop 11. I think he's, I think AJ Brown's going to have an incredible game. And I'd love to hear what you have to say off the record now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to break any trust. No, don't, there, don't, but, don't, uh, don't. Yeah, he's really, uh, he really says some interesting. Uh, what side were you on for the, I mean, have you been seeing the beat writer versus fan debates that have been going on on Twitter for running the ball and passing the ball? Yeah, I, I kind of took a closer look. I mean, the Eagles are, you know, they did a pretty good job running it against Buffalo in second in the second half. They ran it, I think, 32 times. They had over 160 yards rushing. They did a pretty good job of it against the Chiefs. The Cowboys really held them to a low average, but they went over 100 yards. But um, they just don't really seem to want to stick to the run. I mean, even if it's not successful when you're in the game, I still think you need to run the ball. You just got to fix running. You got to keep the defense honest. Uh, yeah, I, I listen. Jalen Hurts isn't running with that same explosion maybe that's the knee i think defenses if you look at some of this film and i know you have there they have a spy on jalen hurts you know they have one guy on that defense a lot of these teams dedicated to just shadowing jalen hurts to make sure he doesn't kill him with his legs so they're playing him a little differently they've had 
you know, Cam Jurgens, this will be his fourth game back. They missed him for five games, you know, and they so they lost some of that continuity on that offensive line. I think it's it's a lot of different reasons why that the, the run game hasn't been as effective. And I think they're running it at a fair amount of time. I know they only had nine runs for running backs this past game against the 49ers, but they tried it early. It didn't work and they got away from it. And then next thing you know, they're down 35 to 13 in the, in the second half or the fourth quarter. And, and that really takes the running game out of the equation. So my stance on it is, is I think they're running the ball enough. I just think they have to be more efficient at it and better at it. They're they're actually I saw a, a stat they're actually uh, on pace right now compared to last year I'm trying to find this I'll I'll find it I'm not gonna try to do it right now but the same yeah. amount of they're about the same they were this year than they were last year at this time running the ball mm-hmm. same amount of carry same amount of yards same amount of, not the same amount of rushing touchdowns that's the only major difference is about six rushing touchdowns of difference. And that's really Joan Hurts not being completely healthy, but I don't. Ha- I never had a. Pr- I wrote something real quick, just a quick write up for Philly Sports Network about unleashing or loosening the reins on DeAndre Swift. That wasn't me saying run the ball more. That was me saying utilize your playmaker more that you have in Swift because the Eagles have been struggling to get past the AJ, the Devonte, and the Dallas, and then who else? Like that's what the, everybody keeps raising their hand. Like who else is going to finally step up? And they have a guy who's capable of doing that, of being a playmaker. I just think they need to loosen the reins of DeAndre Swift a little bit and let him be that guy. Uh, forget the injury concerns. Forget all of that. He's been able to remain mostly healthy. I did see him on the injury report last week uh, for practices, but, I mean, that's fine. That Those those little things that they put on the injury reports, it's because they're mandatory and they have to for the league. He was no threat to miss that game. I, I unleashed the reins on him a little bit, and I let him take over some parts of these games because I think he could be the tone setter for the Eagles this year. I mean, I yeah. always thought that he really yeah. does. He's a yeah. great playmaker and you don't have to just run it with him. You could throw it to him. You could set up these design screens. You could do stuff with DeAndre Swift to make him a receiver and, and be an effective one of that as well. So uh, I would unleash the reins on, on uh, DeAndre Swift a little bit, but Ed, right here as we get to the end of the show, did you offer your score prediction for the, that Cowboys game? Cause I think the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win 30, Five to thirty-two. Uh, that's a pretty good score. Yeah, I'll, I'll go thirty-eight, thirty-five Eagles in oh, overtime. <laughs> I, yep, I have them going to overtime too. I think they're going to go to overtime as well. Last yeah. thing, there's a rumor floating around. Kind of got shot down a little bit, but I think it's a prominent rumor that's not going to go anywhere because we hear it all the time that Roger Goodell is going to ban the touch push. What's your take on that? You know, listen, I, Jason Kelsey said, just go ahead and ban it because he's tired of talking about it. It's kind of how I feel. You know, just ban the thing. You know, the Eagles are still going to convert short yardage plays because Jalen Hurts doesn't really need that push. I mean, he squats 600 pounds. They would pick up those first downs nine times out of 10 as it is. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and ban it. You know, you hate to see it happen because – you know, just because the Eagles do it well, I mean, there's really no study out there that shows that it creates more injuries. I mean, you know, that's kind of going to probably be the reason if they do well at the risk of injury. But listen, the game, you can risk injury on any play that you call in the NFL. Um, but, you know, it's a shame. It'll look really biased against the Eagles if, if they do that because they're the only team that does it well. And it's almost like you're punishing the Eagles for doing it well. So 
you know, that would be the perception. And that would probably be right. I mean, you know, they just want to ban it because the Eagles do it well and other teams complain about it. So, but my my take is similar to Kelsey's. Go ahead and ban it. You know, tired of talking about it. They'll pick up the first downs anyway because that's the kind of offensive line and quarterback they have. So, you know, just just be done with it if that's if that's what they want to do. That's what his real take was on it. His real take was go ahead and ban it. We'll we'll still do quarterback sneaks just fine and we'll convert them. I thought that was interesting that he said that because, you know, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. The quarterback squat six hundred pounds. Tom Brady and Drew Brees were great at it. Jalen Hurts is no different. He's perfect at the quarterback sneaks. That little push they get from the back. I don't, I don't even know how effective that is. I don't really know that really helps because once he's jumping over his pile, his pile is already taken down the whole entire defensive line in front right. of them. So he's just he's just moving ahead over anyways. That little push I don't think really helps that much. Just to be honest with you, I think he right. would convert that stuff no matter what if it's just a normal quarterback sneak anyways with how the offensive line plays and how he squats 600 pounds. So go ahead, ban it. And just know the NFL football fans already hate Eagles fans. They think they're an annoying bunch. It's one of the most annoying fan bases in the world. You're going to make us even more annoying when you ban a play just because the Eagles are so good at it. <laughs> You're going to be make the, oh my God, I can't wait to rub that in everybody's face. You yeah. guys kept complaining right. about a play because you couldn't stop us at it. That's right. how bad the Eagles fan base is going to be about that play. So go ahead, ban it. We're going to rub it in your face so you guys couldn't stop us. So you cried to Roger Goodell. Right on. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us, guys. We'll be back to, in the sooner beginning of the week this time to recap the Cowboys and Eagles game. Let's go, Birds. Uh, hopefully we get a win out of this one. Ed's predicting a win, so that's pretty good because, you know, like he said, he's he has he's predicted, predicted some losses and was correct on a couple of them. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. So All right, guys, it's going to do it for us. We'll see you all soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.